Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. I'm glad to welcome back a return guest to the 2022 Jets offseason roundtable. We talked a little bit about the Sam Darnold debate last year, which in the end, Sam Darnold was traded, but my guest thought that the Jets would be better off keeping Darnold and trying to build around him. We'll see if he still feels that way. He, of course, is very timely right now because Tom Brady just announced his retirement and he wrote a book, Brady versus Manning, which is the definitive story of that rivalry, one of the greatest quarterback rivalries in the history of the sport, if not the greatest. Of course, I'm talking about longtime New York Daily News writer, former HBO Inside the NFL panelist. His resume speaks for itself, Gary Myers. Gary, thanks so much for coming back on the show. What's happened, Scott? What's happening right now is the Jets are entering another very important offseason. And Gary, it feels like we say this every single offseason, but the Jets have to get this one right. But in order to get it right, we first have to assess where they're at and the decisions that they've recently made. And the first one we'll talk about is Robert Sala, rookie head coach in 2021. We saw his first year. I'd say that he had some ups and downs. There was some stuff I liked, some stuff that I didn't like. In the end, he reflected at the off-season press conference on some things he wants to change. Where are you at so far on him? Do you think there's a promising future based on what you've seen? You know, I, I like him, uh, Scott. When you transition from being a coordinator 
to being the head coach, it, usually you don't see excellence right away, just like a rookie quarterback has got to kind of make the transition from college to the NFL. I think a coordinator is a big difference between being a coordinator and being the man in charge of everything. But what, what I what I like, and his game day management has to improve. But and I think that that's an easily fixable thing with some studying and in the off season. I always suggest coaches go meet with Parcells to learn how to manage a game, you know, with timeouts and replays and things like that. But um, the thing I really like about him, Scott, is I, I think he's a great leader. I think the players really enjoy playing for him. Um, I think he relates to them really well. Uh, the disappointing things is the defense was so bad last year. Mm-hmm. And although he wasn't the coordinator, that's his specialty. And that's why he got hired by the Jets is because he had so much success in San Francisco. Now, clearly they need more players, but uh, I was just disappointed um, that he wasn't able to fix things, even, you know, wasn't able to bandaid it up and make the Jet defense a little more competitive, you know, for the majority of the season. But um I, I like what I saw the first year just in terms of, okay, the Jets have all these draft picks now. He's going to have better players to coach uh, Mike LaFleur after one year uh, as a coordinator. I know he got better when he went up to the booth. People on Twitter keep reminding me of that. Um, I, so I think he'll be better and he'll be better with more talent to coach as well. So, I, I like usually I like to hire offensive coaches, especially for a team that with a quarterback is is a big question mark. But in this case, I, I do like the hiring of Sala. And I thought, you know, prior to them even hiring him, I thought he should be the guy. What about Joe Douglas? Where are you at with him so far? He now enters his third offseason as Jets general manager. He came in under very strange circumstances and didn't get to run the first offseason that he was here. So now he enters his third draft, his third free agency period. What do you think so far? I, I can't say that I'm overly impressed. The, the Jets really are no better off now. I mean, they have a handful of good young players, but they're really no better off now than they were um, when he got here and he, he's been building to this moment with all these draft picks, you know, having traded away Darnold and Jamal Adams and, um, you know, and, and um, a bunch of other guys to accumulate all these picks. Now he's got to make sure that, it, you know, he hits a home run with every one of them. And so what he's done to this point, they've just been really treading water, if not sinking a little deeper, but, this is the offseason, I think, that, that will define his time as, as a Jets coach, a Jets general manager, I'm sorry, um, in addition, of course, to Zach Wilson. I want to mention one thing. And you said in the opening that I was endorsing keeping Darnold and building around him. It went a little bit deeper than that in that I said they should also take that second pick in the draft and trade down a couple of times mm-hmm. and, and kind of turn it into a cottage industry where they could have had a lot of picks last year and really helped themselves. And I felt that Zach Wilson was a kind of quarterback that came around every year. And honestly, I didn't see anything from him last year that changed my mind about that. I want to dive in a little bit on Zach Wilson because that was where I was going next. 
You said last year, and you just said it again now, that you thought Zach Wilson, guys like him come around every year. They sort of pop up out of nowhere at the end of the season. He went to a smaller school, didn't face big-time competition. Was there anything that you saw in his rookie year that made you hopeful that he could be the guy and perhaps break that curse that the Jets have had going the last couple of decades, particularly with these young rookie quarterbacks that they draft and bring in, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold, that don't ultimately pan out first of all he's got a great arm i mean anybody who watches him play you know can see he doesn't have a josh allen arm but he's got a better arm than sanchez had um i think he's a smart guy he's really dedicated to and, and committed to trying to getting better uh, the things that bother me about him he you know scott he just looks small on the field to me and i know everybody next to like josh allen will look small but i'm just talking just in general um I don't know if you agree with me on this, and they list him at 6'2". I'd be surprised if he actually is 6'2". He just looks like a little kid running around out there sometimes. And um, he got better after he came back from the knee injury. But I, I really didn't see anything from him last year that would make me confident that he's a quarterback that can get the Jets, you know, first into the playoffs and then deep into the playoffs. But, you know, usually the biggest improvement is made from year one to year two. And uh, this will be a huge year. Uh, a huge off season for Zach. And then, you know, assuming that Douglas does a good job building up the talent around him, giving him some more receivers, fixing the offensive line. Um, we'll know a lot more about him, you know, when you and I talk after next season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I want to talk about some of the internal free agents because some of these guys could be a help to Zach Wilson 
in year number two, although obviously getting guys externally is going to be the bigger factor, and we'll get to that in a second. Morgan Moses stepped in this year with the injury to Makai Becton and played very well. He's a guy that the Jets are going to have to make a decision on, and Moses is going to have to make a decision on them as well. Braxton Berrios, somebody that Wilson seemed to develop a bit of a rapport with. Mike LaFleur seemed to like to use him as a gadget weapon, and we know that he's an all-pro kick returner, so that's a player that a lot of Jets fans want to see stick around. On the defensive side of the ball, the big name is Marcus May, obviously, although in the after-season press conference, Joe Douglas seemed to make it appear that Marcus May is not really a high priority for him. What do you think about these guys? Who would you be looking to bring back, and who would you tell to hit the road? Well, let's just start out. A few years ago, the Jets drafted Jamal Adams in the first round, and and McCagnan you know, doubled up and, and came back with Marcus May in the second round, which – you know, it was kind of an unusual decision to make at the time to go. Safety is not usually a high priority position and to take one with the sixth pick in the draft and the other high in the second round, I thought was kind of curious. Um, depending on what the price is, I would bring him and you know, depending on how his rehab is going as well. But, you know, he's a real good player and he's a good leader. And, you know, he's not going to get Jamal Adams money and I'm not sure what his price tag is and, if you can get him back at reasonable dollars, then I, I certainly think you're better off having him than buying somebody else's free agent or or going into the draft and, and trying to develop somebody. Braxton Barrios, definitely bring him back. Now, I wouldn't have said that, you know, maybe halfway through the season, but he really showed himself to be very useful uh, in all kinds of roles in the offense. You don't want him being the feature guy, and it it appeared that that's what he was you know, the last month or so of the season. I mean, he's a he's a good change of pace guy, you know, jet sweeps, put him in the slot, have him return kicks, you know, play him 20 snaps a game. You don't want to make him your number one option. Um and I, I think I think there's a good chance that the uh the Jets will bring him back. Uh Morgan Moses, you know, guys like him are useful. He doesn't have to start to have real value on the team because he's an experienced tackle and we saw, you know, when Becton went down and some other injuries that, you know, he was able to step in and, and, and really provide some stability there. And he's one of those guys that Parcells always used to call a hold the fort guy. I don't know if you're familiar with that expression, Scott, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, that's just, you're building a team. You have these valuable veterans who are never going to be superstars who, who are better than journeymen that can keep things respectable until you can find somebody better and younger. And I I would put him in that category. Let's talk external free agents. The Jets have a lot of holes to fill. Gary, we know that when a team goes 4-13, and it's not typically because they have a lot of good players. Usually, they need to make a lot of improvements, and we'll get to the draft in a second. But first, I wanted to ask you about what you think they could do in free agency. Now, there could be some specific players you like, but obviously, there are a lot of positions they need to target. They've got to get safeties. They've got to get linebackers. They've got to get an edge rusher. They've got to do something on the offense line on the internal part of the offensive line at least they need a tight end they could use another running back certainly a wide receiver there are ways to attack this they could go out and try and sign players they could go into the draft and try and target guys they could try and look for trades there are all kinds of rumors going on right now about players like Calvin Ridley DK Metcalf Amari Cooper Daniel Hunter where are you on this how would you attack external free agency and even the trade market you can't win a Super Bowl in free agency. More often than not, that 
approach doesn't work. Um, so I'm not a big, let's go out and spend every cap dollar we have on buying other teams' players. Because for the most part, the, the best players never hit free agency. Teams will go out of their way to make sure that they, they sign the guys that they really want to keep before their contracts are up. So in many cases, you're, you're going out in the market and bringing in somebody else's problem. And I'm not real big on that. And that's not to say that there's not great players out there who can help you. Uh, I, I just proceed with caution, I guess I would say. Um, a guy I would look at if he hadn't torn his ACL would be somebody like Chris Godwin from, from Tampa. I think he's a terrific player. And now that Brady's not going to be back there, um, I think the pull on him to stay in Tampa is probably a lot less. Now, Again, he, he tore his ACL, so I don't know what what the timetable is on when they expect him to be back 100%. But uh, he, he was a player that, you know, they, they franchised this year. I don't know if they had planned to do it again. They certainly won't do it now. Chandler Jones is a free agent. The Jets do need uh, a pass rush. It was a shame what happened with Carl Lawson in that joint practice with, with the Packers. You know, if he can make it all the way back from his Achilles, that gives the Jets one. You need, you know, get a guy on the other side. Um, that would be a pretty powerful combination if they get Jones or somebody like that. But, you know, certainly the Jets need to get more pressure on the quarterback. And that would probably, you know, from the outside, and that would probably open things up for Quinn and Williams. You didn't mention cornerback in your list of needs. Mm-hmm. I think you, with a team like the Jets, when you win four games and where they win two the year before, something like that, I mean, you can just point to any spot on the depth chart and say, okay, we can use a starter here. I mean, almost, almost anywhere, any, mm-hmm. I mean, not almost anywhere, anywhere, any position group you point to, you can say the jets need one or two starters there. And so that's why it's really important in this draft, not to reach because they have needs everywhere. You just got to take the best player who you think um, can make the most immediate impact because whoever they take at number four and number 10, are going to start regardless of what position they choose. Yeah, I would say other than quarterback or the interior defensive line, it's pretty much open for business all over the place everywhere else because, as you said, the Jets could use starters. And me not saying cornerback was an oversight because I've been pounding the table for a starting cornerback, whether that's in the draft, free agency, or a trade. They desperately need one. So I think they're going to address that this offseason in some form or another. Let's talk about the draft, though, because – Obviously, part of what they do in the draft is going to be dictated based on what they do in free agency. Because if they can fill certain needs in free agency, they might not feel as pressed to do so in the draft. How would you attack this draft, though, strategy-wise? What would you be looking to do? I've said many times that there are certain positions that generally are harder to fill in free agency and trades and easier to fill in the draft, especially if you have premium picks. For example, there are a fair amount of pretty good safeties that are free agents. There are a fair amount of pretty good inside linebackers that are free agents. You don't usually see difference-making edge players, difference-making corners, difference-making tackles available on the free agent market. And if you have to trade for them, usually the price is very, very high. So I'd be personally looking to fill those needs early on in the draft, thinking that I probably can't do it in free agency. What do you think? No, I agree with you right there on that, Scott, all the things you just said. You know, the hardest position, let's phrase this, the most important positions to have quality players on any football team, quarterback, left tackle, 
pass rusher, and a shutdown corner. I would I would rank those as the four most important and difficult positions to find elite players. If you go on the assumption that the Jets think they have their quarterback, and there's obviously they're not taking a quarterback in, the, in this draft, and maybe they'll take one in the sixth or seventh round, but they're not taking a quarterback high so because they think they have their guy, and you can't blame them for, for feeling that way, although I don't necessarily agree with them. Um, then you're looking at a pass rusher, a corner, or an offensive lineman. Um, I don't. My gut is that they're not going to take a corner at number four. Maybe at number ten, if like Stingley was would drop all the way down to ten. But I and I th- I think the way this board is going to break, and to draft into the strength of the draft, that the Jets at number four will either get, you know. Kayvon Thibodeau, the pass rusher from Oregon, or a guy like Evan Neal, uh, a tackle from Alabama, maybe less likely that he would get to number four. But if they can get a guy like Thibodeau at number four, then, I mean, I wouldn't take Kyle Hamilton. I've seen some people list him. The Jets found out a few years ago with Jamal Adams that taking a safety that high just doesn't make any sense, although Hamilton's a much you know, different player. Um and number 10, I would look either to if they can get the first wide receiver in what's another good wide receiver draft or the guy that I really like. And I'm not sure he's going to make it out of the make it to 10. And I, I'm basing this on watching him play um, in the uh, two college playoff games that Georgia played. And that's uh, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia. I think he's a terrific player. Um, he's all over the field and he's a playmaker and he's somebody that the team's going to have to game plan against. Um, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure he's going to make it to 10. If he, if he does, I would take him in a heartbeat, even if they've taken a defensive player at number four. Gary, you mentioned the possibility of Evan Neal at number four. There's also obviously the potential for a guy like Ika Mokwanu, the tackle out of NC Mm -hmm. State to possibly be the pick there. And either one of those guys would probably be in play for the Giants at number five if they make it there. Do you think that that's a legitimate possibility for the Jets at number four if they don't get one of those pass rushers considering positional value and the fact that Makai Becton has had his injury issues? And on top of that, how worried are you right now about Makai Becton? Well, when he got hurt, they didn't think he was going to be out the rest of the season. Did he get hurt in the first game or the second? It all kind of runs together at this first game. First game. Okay. So nobody was saying it was a season ending injury when he got hurt against Carolina. And the fact that he didn't come back is obviously concerning. I don't know if they misjudged the severity of the injury or the fact, you know, always the concerns about him has been, is he in shape? And did that have something to do with not being able to get back? You know, for the Jets sake, you'd hate to think that, we saw the best of Becton in the first half of his rookie year, and it's going to be downhill from there. But that's that's been the case so far. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate to take another offensive tackle, regardless of what the projections are on Becton, because the offensive line is just so weak that if you can get a stud tackle uh, to play opposite Becton, or in the worst case scenario, if Becton doesn't make a full recovery and is not or is not the same player that the Jets thought they had, then having another great tackle or potentially great tackle is, you know, a really good idea. I, I think that the Jets will get a tackle or a pass rusher at number four. It's going to be one of those two positions. Um, I don't know much about the guy from NC State other than he's got a really hard name to pronounce. 
<laughs> um, but I know that he's rated as a top five or six talent. So uh, if Neil has gone to Jets, do you want to go back to the offensive line? Sounds like you can't go wrong with that guy. Myself, um, I, I'd probably go for the the pass rusher. It, I'd rather have Aiden Hutchinson than Thibodeau, who did apparently did not have a great last season in, in Oregon because he went into the season as the projected number one overall pick and comes out of it possibly being number four. But um, great pass rusher, just ho- so hard to find. If you see the traits in him that he's going to – you know, be kind of a um, an every down guy that um, that you can count on to be in the vicinity of the quarterback um, on most passing downs. I, I, w- I would probably take him, but one of those two positions, and it, it really just depends on you know who drops down to four. Gary, last question for you. Tom Brady just officially retired. A lot of the league with a sigh of relief because he tortured so many teams, including, of course, the Jets primarily over the years. And I know you wrote a great book on the rivalry between Brady versus Manning. So you've got a ton of stories. And for anybody that hasn't read the book, I highly recommend doing it. And as a teaser for anybody who hasn't read the book and would like an incentive to get it, I was wondering if you could tell maybe one story from the book just to sort of whet people's appetites as a way to encourage them to read the book, which has so many great stories in it. Wow. You know, first thing I want to say that I know he tortured the jets for 20 years or whatever, but if you get to rank the top two moments in jets history, one is super bowl three. And number two is beating Brady in the divisional round of the playoffs in mm-hmm. 2010 just about a month after they had gone to New England and lost 45 to three. Which, by the way, tells you a lot about the way the Jets have been run the last bunch of decades, that a divisional playoff game is in the running to be the number two biggest moment in franchise history. So that's not great. (laughs) I I don't, in my mind, I I don't think there's any question about it because Mm -hmm. all you're really comparing it to is other divisional round victories because they haven't won any other AFC championship games to get to a Super Bowl. So, you know, the furthest they've gotten since winning the Super Bowl is a divisional round. And that by far was the most impressive and probably unexpected um, divisional round victory that came against Brady. Although that was probably one of the three or four positive moments they had against Brady in in 20 years. But that one really stands out to me. Um, As far as what's in the book, I, I think the thing people really enjoy reading about, and you've seen some of it the last few years with, you know, Brady playing golf with, with Peyton and Brady being on the Manning cast this past season. But I think my book was the first one to really uh, unveil the friendship that existed between these two guys. In addition to the cutthroat competition that they felt in the um, uh, 17 times they faced each other that included you know, five times in the playoffs. And I have plenty of examples in there that that just really accentuate the respect these guys had for each other and how they really did consider each other friends and also looked at, you know, Tom looked at Peyton and Peyton looked at Tom is how many other guys that are in the league right now can really relate to what I'm going through. For Peyton, it was Tom and it was Tom was Peyton. It was more so Tom for Peyton than it was Eli because Eli just was not on Peyton's level. And I think that really drew them close together when Tom suffered his ACL injury 
in the first game of the 08 season. Uh, Peyton was constantly checking up on him during the course of the year. When then Peyton missed the 2011 season after his fourth neck surgery, you know, Tom was always checking up on Peyton. And, and these are the things that I really think humanized these two guys who were, you know, Brady, obviously number one, Montana two, and then, you know, three, four, and five, you can put in, you know, Unitas, Elway, and Peyton, or maybe throw another guy in there. But Peyton's a top five, type, top six quarterback. And to me, Brady's number one. And to have them play at the same time was really something to have two great players like that at the same time is unusual. And the fact they played against each other so often is really unusual. And I think that's what people take out of reading the book. I don't want to give you too many examples, but I think people would enjoy reading about their relationship. No question. And you have to wonder, just based on what we saw a couple of weeks ago between the Bills and the Chiefs, if we're going to see some sort of similar dynamic between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen over the next bunch of years. If we do, as football fans, we will really be in for one heck of a treat. As Jets fans, it'll be torturous knowing that the Jets passed on Josh Allen and he ended up in Buffalo. But still, as football fans, something that I think we'll all enjoy. Gary Myers, a legend. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to having you back again soon. For those that want to follow you on social media and check out everything that you're working on, what do you have on tap? right now and how can people interact with you on social media yeah anybody can just i'm all as long as people keep it civil on twitter i always respond so anybody who would like to get in touch with me it's just at gary myers that's m-y-e-r-s-n-y at gary myers n-y and um i like interacting with with people on twitter again as long as we keep it clean and um and professional There you go. Make sure you follow Gary on Twitter and check out everything that he's working on right now. Also, make sure that you check out what we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up right now breaking down some of the best prospects in this draft. You heard Gary talk about Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Is it likely that he slides to number four? Probably not, but you never know. Also, who knows? Maybe Joe Douglas likes him enough to make a move up. You want to watch the video and determine whether or not he's worthy of such a move or if you should be ecstatic if he falls to number four. How good is he? Is he in that Bosa category? Luke breaks it down on our YouTube channel. He's got breakdowns of Traylon Burks, the outstanding wide receiver out of Arkansas. Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State, and so much more. So subscribe to our channel and watch all the videos if you haven't done so already. Check out our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.